Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at Pigskin Podnet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN. Matt is here with me. It is Wednesday through week one. Waivers ran probably this morning for most of you. We're going to recap. I really don't know if it was a great game. I watched it like halftime, but um, I know you didn't seem too excited about it when I just brought it up a minute ago being a Broncos fan. We will recap the Broncos-Seattle game, uh, Seattle Seahawks, as, as Russ goes back home with his new team. We will talk about our top 12 rankings, a couple news items, and then we will preview the Thursday night football game, which looks to be a very good game in the Chargers going to the Chiefs, right? They're going to Arrowhead, so should be a really good game. Before we dive into that, Matt, how are we doing? Obviously, different background. You're you're not at home. You're you were supposed to be, I believe, enjoying yourself a little bit, but it doesn't sound like you are. Uh you know, the conference has been great. Um, we came in, we had a lot of fun. Uh, it, it was tough because um, I'm in Phoenix. I am at a conference center in Glendale at Church IT Conference, literally across the street from State Farm Stadium. The hotel was nothing but Chiefs fans. And if you saw that game, they, they rocked and rolled to the point that I made sure I, I switched out of my Broncos t-shirt into like a red polo. So I would match, you know, everything that was going on. Smart move. We went out to dinner on Sunday night. So I was surrounded by that all weekend. And then Monday night, I put on my Broncos polo. We rolled to the kickoff event start at 5.30 Pacific, which for those of you that live out here know that's exactly when Monday Night Football kicks off. You know, So I roll into Dave & Buster's, get some food, look up. I'm like, oh, Denver's losing. Um, that seems unlikely. Okay, okay. You know, I see Jerry Judy catch touchdown. I'm like, I'm not even mad. It's Jerry Judy. I just I need the score. You know, I'm feeling good about that. Then we went around. We were playing some games, and I, I could tell it was real close. And then they were like, "Let's go. We want to go to this escape room." You know, my wife came out for the first couple of days to do some fun stuff with a colleague, and I'm like, "All right, we'll go in there." And the guy that's running the escape room sees my shirt, and he's like, "Well, we don't usually let you take phones, but if you want to check the score," and I'm like, "I absolutely don't. I don't want to be trapped in a room." See into the fourth quarter, seeing that trap somewhere while I'm playing a game. So that was. That was maybe the best protection I had because then I came out. You know, we solved the escape room. We got out feeling good. Then I saw that we lost. Went home, rewatched the game, cried a little. 
Well, hey, let, we can push the injuries here. Let's just, let's just do, dive right into it. You, you've talked about it. I mean, they do lose 17 to 16. It was a weird game. Uh, not Nathaniel Hackett's best coaching job. You, we would hope that things are only going to go up from here, right? Like it was a rough first game, but things can only go up from here. That's the hope, yeah. at least. Let's start with the Broncos. I mean, just your overall thought. I mean, I know for anybody who's listened for a while knows that you're not the biggest Melvin Gordon fan who who then, as as he usually does, fumbles on the goal line. And then, unfortunately, Javante does the same thing. All that well, to say, they were in the game, right? And then they end up At least Javante got hit by his lineman. Yeah. You true. know, his was more like the butt fumble. Melvin Gordon was – people always – talk about how Melvin Gordon doesn't fumble that often. I'll give you 22 career fumbles. Doesn't sound like a lot. It's when and where he fumbles, which is always at the, the point context. in time where it completely humps your team. So yeah, that was, that was pretty, pretty brutal. But I, you know, big observation for me is we've, we've seen a growing trend of these teams not wanting to play anyone in the preseason. And I think we saw in week one, Denver was the victim of the same thing that happened to a lot of teams. We saw the, oops, I don't know what's going on. We saw the Rams, you know, come out and look real flat after not playing a single player in their entire, you know, preseason. We saw the Bengals come out. They noted several times on that telecast. They have a brand new offensive line and they look like a group of offensive linemen who have not played together. Um, there were a couple of other teams that did the same thing. Green Bay, two years in a row. They haven't played anyone. Aaron Rodgers looked, went out there and looked like a guy who had never thrown to these wide receivers because he was a guy who'd never thrown. Denver, that, you know, new coach, new quarterback, new offensive scheme. They didn't play a single snap together in the preseason. They definitely looked like that at the beginning. I think those are the things that have to, to get undone. What I was most disappointed with, is the reasons we got rid of Vic Fangio were undisciplined play, couldn't get that enough out of the offense, and terrible clock management. And we roll out there, and Denver has 12 penalties. They only managed 16 points. They were in the red zone four times and got one field goal, turned it over twice. And the clock management at the end of the game was atrocious. The decision was atrocious, and he has owned up to that which is fine, but that's that's all got to get better. Yeah, and again, first game, so let, let, let's hope. And, and just to go to the other side of that, let's look at some of the offenses that were really good this offseason, or really good in the week one, who do play their starters in the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City mm-hmm. Chiefs, the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't Tampa know if the Bay. Raiders did Tampa Bay. To, Tom Brady went out there game. in game three of the yeah. preseason. He's 45 years old. Man doesn't need reps to know how to play football. Yeah. Yeah. Dallas was another one that famously didn't play yeah. any one of consequence in any preseason game and rolled out there looking like they had never played together. Like, I, I get the fact that you don't want your players to get injured because that does suck when you're sitting the last game of the preseason and you lose a major starter to an injury when you're, and everybody's going to jump on you, say so you shouldn't have been playing him but we know that these guys are creatures of habit and they've got to get in some kind of rhythm. Like practice can only do so much. You need those live game reps. And that's exactly what preseason does. It's, it's one of the reasons why I've, I've all almost for like the past couple of years have said for on the college football side of things, you can't take too much away from week one because these guys don't even get preseason games. They're rolling out their week one 
fret like it's it's go time they get and they get limited practice time as well so yeah i'm i, I believe things are going to look better for denver but it was definitely not a great first showing for them although i would say that i mean like I wasn't expecting Geno Smith to look as good as he did, especially against a defense that I think we all consider to be one of the better ones in the NFL, and not just in the NFL, in the AFC as well. Is Dino real? You know, he looked pretty decent in the first half. In the second half, they scored zero points, and they couldn't really move the ball at all. You saw the pressure starting to get in there. I think, you know, Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb didn't play at all. You kind of saw them both starting to get going. Real bummer for Denver is Justin Simmons went on IR today and will now miss four weeks. That's a that's a blow in the secondary. But I think the Seahawks were a team that came out ready to play. You know, you had a quarterback and an offense. They He was in the quarterback competition, so he came out really ready to fire. He had played in all those preseason games, and I think they were able to take good advantage. It was curious to me. Um, it was really the tight ends, but not tight ends named Noah Fant. Um, so for fantasy purposes, the game ends up being a little bit of a bummer, I think, in that way. Uh, but he was getting DK Metcalf involved. I thought Rashad Penny looked sharp in, in the you know the opportunities that he was given. So I'm going to be curious to see how they go going forward. I still don't think Geno Smith is probably top 24 for me, but he definitely looked uh, serviceable and he gave them a spark. And this is what I said. I I think I don't think we're going to have that many doormat teams in the NFL. I think you're going to have a lot of teams that even when they're not good, can win five or six games. Yeah, I I agree. Even though when we did the record predictions, I think I had like three teams with less than four wins. I don't think you you had Seattle 0-17 when you – At first. At At first. first. I did go back and change it. I did, yeah. So it's – you know what? It was a crazy – but the other thing to – you know, probably for some of the reasons we've talked about week one of the NFL season often ends up being a weird outlier. Even when Brady was with the Patriots, I remember one year Buffalo crushed them 36 to nothing. And then Buffalo wasn't even a playoff team. The Patriots went to the Super Bowl. Well, you yeah, because it, it, it is. You're starting off the season. Like, again, even we just mentioned you need to play your guys in preseason to kind of get them ready. And even then, like, you don't know what your team really is like it. I've always said, I try not to overreact too much until we get three or four games. When you get a quarter of the season in the NFL, that's when like, we got people talking about, you know, is Trey Lance a bust? Is Justin Fields a bust? Is Damian Pierce because he didn't get one. Like it's one game. Everybody like, let's deep breaths. Calm down. I know it goes quick. We only got, we only got 17 more weeks left now, but let's, Give it a couple weeks before we just completely ride everybody off. Like, I saw people victory lapping because Tyler Algier didn't even. I'm like, what's going to happen in three weeks when Tyler Algier is the, the main running back in the red zone if that happens? Like, let's calm down. Like, everybody's freaking out. Let's let's all calm down. Let's talk, though, about some of the injuries before we jump into our weekly ranks. So, Dak Prescott, I don't know. Exa- he's out for four weeks, right? At least. At least for originally was six to eight. Uh, they didn't put him on IR. Um, I think Jerry Jones is helping, but here's the concerns I would have. You're talking about the throwing hand and the thumb, which is very integral to it. Broke a bone and had surgery, which they were talking about this a little bit on Monday night, includes the insertion of a plate and a screw. I mean, that's not great. If you're Dallas, really your only hope of hanging on and making the playoffs, let's be honest, Philly looks no for real. Yeah, if the yeah. only hope, though, for me hanging on and making the playoffs is that you can get 
for QB. maybe five games of Dak because Cooper Cooper Rush, you know, we talked about Gino. I don't think he's top 24, but he at least looks competitive. I don't feel quite the same about Cooper Rush. No, nah, yeah, they're done. They they were done the minute that injury happened. Let's not. I mean, it sucks for the Cowboys fans, but I, I think you. I still think the realistic. bigger is Tyron Smith. Oh, yeah, for that, sure. Because that offense looked horrendous because if, they couldn't walk. If Smith is there, I think you can still hopefully somewhat rely on Zeke to give you something. I mean, no Tyron Smith, and then you have no Dak to cover that up as well. Like, yeah, you're done. There's nothing you can do. And I, I think even the worst part, like, let's even just dive into that. Like, with where you drafted CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz, and Zeke, I don't know that you can sit them, but can you play them? Like, I don't know what to do with any of those guys. I think Lamb likely is probably dropped down to a flex starter. I think I would be sitting Zeke at this point. Like, we've just seen it. When the team gets bad, like, Zeke still gets fed, but he doesn't really put up points. I mean, what's he going to average? Like, maybe 8 to 10 points a game. If we're lucky, he's going to have to score a touchdown. Like, I just I think I'm out on everybody. Yeah, Schultz, um, I kind of left where he is. Well, not where he was because I, I thought he could be tight in one. But I still think he's a a top 12. Um, Elliot, I had kind of in the RB2 range. I think they're still going to ride him. Lamb was very concerning because dude got plenty of targets. Yeah, I think he had 11 targets, only caught two, and that was predominantly with uh, Dak in there. I think you're right. He's probably a wide receiver three, just because the other, the other issue is people are going to key on him. Um, because they don't really have another receiver yet. I, I don't think Gallup's going to play this weekend. I'm not sure that would make it better. It wouldn't. Elijah Mitchell. He is also out for, I think, what is it? Is it four to, four to eight? At four least to four weeks. Least yeah. Four. He went on IR, so it's at least four. four. Not a great sign. Um, and George Kittle still not practicing. Yeah. It's, that was it an like ugly. That was an ugly offensive game. Um, and I know it was bad weather, but that wasn't the, the only issue. I mean, the. 49ers defense was dominating. We just saw an actually decently frisky Seahawks team. I'll be honest. I don't think San Francisco wins this week either, and I don't think they win week three going to Denver. And if you end up 0-3 coming off an NFC championship game, those calls for making some kind of a change at quarterback are going to get a lot louder. I don't think they're going to do it, though. I really don't. They, they've said they're riding with Trey Lance. Well, what's going to be interesting is <sighs> – I know how productive Elijah Mitchell was, but this is something we talked about all offseason, and and they've already come out that we're running with the hot hand. If one of those guys, like what a if Tyrion nobody Davis has Price, a hot hand, well that that may be true, but I mean you've got a Tyrion Davis Price who was drafted ahead of the draft capital that Trey Sermon got, who they just cut and is now in Philly. Like I would not be surprised if Mitchell does not get this job back. I I would not be surprised one bit. I mean we're we're hoping. On the on the high end side, that he's only going to be gone for four games. If someone goes out there and plays well, he could be moved to the back of the rotation. So, I mean, you're not dropping him or anything in redraft leagues, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be a long four weeks. Because, like I said, I don't know that, especially with that scheme and and Lance and what you just mentioned, that offense doesn't look good. Who knows what happens to Mitchell when he comes back? 
Najee Harris is a very interesting one because I've heard multiple reports on this. So apparently it's an ankle injury, but I've also heard it has something to do with his Liz Frank. I mean, clearly it's not a Liz Frank or he would be out and missing the rest of the season, but quarterback did not look great. I mean, let's just be honest. Five turnovers, I believe they had on Joe Burrow on Sunday, and they still only put up, it was like 20 points. That's not great. The offensive line looked bad. I mean, Deontay had had a couple good catches, but he wasn't spectacular. Najee dealing with the injury behind a poor offensive line. Like, are we downgrading him already, too, after one week? I know I just said don't panic after one week, but I feel like we've got to react a little bit here. Yeah, I did drop him into the RB2 territory because he's banged up. That offensive line, Dennis and I talked about that a little bit on Monday, was very concerning. Najee would have had a much worse week if he hadn't kind of got that outside pass for a touchdown. The offense looks like it's okay, but not incredible. Um, They're really riding that defense. Um, And the other thing that would be concerning for me, particularly this week, is what we saw from the Patriots tells me that they won't have to put up a ton of points and they won't have a ton of pressure on their offense. So I wouldn't be surprised if they take it a little easier with Najee Harris, too. It seemed like the the early reports were two to three weeks announced he won't miss any time. I almost wonder if it wouldn't be better for him to sit a game as much as it sucks for those of us that play fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I'm someone who rosters a lot of Najee Harris. Big fan of him when he came out last year. I would 100%. If if Not that Mike Tomlin cares at all what I thought, but if Mike Tomlin called me up and was like, hey, Matt, what, what do you think? I'd be like, just sit him, man. Like, let give him a week or two to get healthy because you need him. Is Jalen Warren the easy go pick up? Like, if you roster Najee, are you picking up Jalen Warren? If he's not already been picked up. I put in a bunch of roster claims for him this morning. I only got one of the five that I put in for him on, so. Yeah, Warren seemed to be the only back that they were kind of putting in there. But I'll be honest, if I didn't have Najee Harris, I'm not sure I'm looking at Pittsburgh. We've had this the last couple of years. I don't really care who the guy is behind him, uh, you know, unless we find out that we have a James Conner to a Le'Veon Bell situation. And there was nothing. I I watched a a ton of that game because that was the local game here. I watched all that game. I just don't think their line's that good, and the Patriots actually have a decent run defense too. I don't think anyone back there is going to have an incredibly productive day. Okay, that was not working for some reason. J.J. Watt, so goes to make a sack on Burrow, kind of jumps up back at him to try and pull him down, immediately grabs his chest, and if you – I'm not that great at leading, reading lips, but as he was running to the sideline, it definitely looked like he said, I tore my peck, I tore my peck. Rumors were that that was what, what happened, was going to be out for the entire season, but comes out now, he's like, don't, we got a second uh, opinion, going to rehab. What does this mean for Pittsburgh now? Losing, I mean, he was, I watched a lot of that game. He was fairly dominant against Cincinnati last week. Yeah, and Highsmith looked good. Uh, a trade that Denver made that kind of bummed me out was they traded Malik Reed to the Steelers. He actually has led the Broncos in sacks the last couple of years. He's the one that's going to come in for Watt. I'm not saying he's TJ Watt, but I think they'll still be able to maintain pressure. They're playing a team in the Patriots that had did not appear to have great offensive line play either. Um, and I think it was the, the totality of that Pittsburgh defense when it's going and it's going good. Um, it helps a lot. And there, everybody was caving in on Sunday. Cam Hayward was doing big things. Highsmith was doing big things. So I think that's a good sign. 
Lately, I've been listening to a lot of my favorite sports podcasts using Raycon's Wireless 3 Airbuds. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better. Better than ever, actually. With optimized gel tips and a perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, they will not budge whenever you're moving around. Trust me, I work on a job that requires me to move 24-7. They're never falling out of my ear, which I appreciate. Not only that, but Raycon gives you 8 hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. Raycons are priced just right to get the quality audio at half the price. Other premium audio brands charge you a lot. And no, it's no wonder why Raycon's Everyday Airbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. My favorite things about them, the earbud tap function. When I'm sitting there talking to somebody and didn't realize that my podcast is still going, I can quickly just tap the button to stop what I'm doing. Noise isolation as well is incredible for me. I get to some loud environment sometimes and I'm able to actually just listen and hear just what I want to which is my sports stuff they're telling me what I need to know to continue moving about my day I use them all the time whether I'm working out working or honestly just sitting at home and listening to sports podcasts sometimes some music to get in the mood I'm not gonna lie to you guys a little bit of Harry Styles it's not the same as it was it gets me going I love that kind of music it puts me in a working kind of atmosphere at home when I'm working on everything for the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Go to buyraycon.com slash TPPN today to get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash TPPN to score 15% off. Again, buyraycon.com slash TPPN. Some of the best headphones that I have used. You Go get them today. They're worth it, guys. Go get them. All right, so let's jump in and talk about our rankings. Start at quarterback? Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm messaging someone about something very important. All right, I'll give mine. Uh, we're going to do our top 10 each week. So this is uh, my top 10 for this week. Number 10, I put in Kyler Murray. Uh, they should be pretty motivated going to play the Raiders. Number 9. I'm as surprised as anyone, but I went with Carson Wentz. They're playing Detroit. We just saw Jalen Hurts have a lot of success. We saw Carson Wentz have a lot of success throwing the ball. He looks like he has some weapons. I guess I'm all in. Apparently, uh, that's that's the way life is turning right now. Number eight, Kirk Cousins. I expect that game with Philadelphia to be one of the best of the week. That's the late Monday night game. Uh, number seven, Matthew Stafford. They're playing Atlanta. I know Atlanta was better last week. Matthew Stafford has got to be better. Um Number six, Joe Burrow. I can't remember who Cincinnati's playing. They're not playing New England, um, but they were playing somebody who uh, is going. Uh, Cincinnati. I, I just had it up here. Dallas. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's right. They're playing Dallas. I expect a better game for Joey yeah. B. Uh, number five for me, Jalen Hurts. He was incredible. I was dead wrong about Detroit's defense being able to do anything to him. He looked good running the ball. He looked good throwing the ball. He's in for a good season. Number four, Justin Herbert. I think this uh, Thursday night game is going to be great. No Keenan Allen, no problem. Justin Herbert manages to get the ball to whoever needs to get the ball. Number three, Patrick Mahomes also looked fairly incredible. Uh, number two, I'm going with Lamar Jackson. They're playing Miami. I think that's going to be an up-tempo game. And number one, got to be Josh Allen. We just saw Daniel Jones uh, beat the Tennessee Titans defense. Yeah. RIP Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. If, if I had to, uh, you know, say 
Daniel Jones did this against the Giants, I think Josh Allen would be doing this much better in every asset of the game. Uh, So my top 10 at number 10, I've got Carson Wentz going up against Detroit. It makes me feel so much better. I don't feel great about this call, but he looked good. He had some really good throws in that game, not just to Terry McLaurin, but to Josh Dotson as well. I mean, and you just mentioned it. I mean, granted, completely two completely different players in what Wentz can do and Hurts can do. And Hurts did not start off great. Really was his rushing production at the beginning of the day that really kind of got him there. But I, Carson Wentz looked good. I, I've got to bump him back up there. Um, just missing for me was uh, Tom Brady. I had him at 11. So at 9, I have Aaron Rodgers. Look, you said it before. He said... He, He's, he's Chicago's daddy, and I expect him to go out there and, and actually perform now. You mentioned it. Didn't really play in the preseason. Rumor is we're going to get Alan Lazard back, which I think will be massive for Aaron Rodgers. Would have had, I think, a much better day if Christian Watson doesn't brickhand it and drop a wide-open pass off his hands. So, If only somebody would have predicted that Christian Watson couldn't catch. Yeah, no, I feel like we talked about that all. It wasn't us. It wasn't us. We didn't talk about it all offseason. But, yeah, so I, I, I think he bounces back a little bit here. I've got him at nine. At eight, I have Joe Burrow. Again, Dallas. Uh, Why well, I actually like that defense, I think Micah Parsons might be able to eat on Sunday because of how bad that offensive line is. I do expect them to be a little bit big thing, though, will be if T. Higgins is healthy. Still in concussion protocol, I believe. I think that will really help if they can get him back out there. He did limited practice today, though, so I'm actually going to rank him. I don't know if he'll have a huge game, but I think he will yeah. play. At seven, I have Russell Wilson. I mean, look, let's be honest. Houston's defense did not look bad against Jonathan Taylor and Matt Ryan, that Indianapolis Colts offense that we thought, like, I don't think any of us gave Houston a chance in that game Friday when we picked. And all of a sudden I look at the scoreboard. I'm like, say what now it's, it's 20 to what Houston. So yeah, I, I expect Russ to go out there and rebound a little bit, but I think Houston's defense is, is going to give him a little bit of a, a challenge here at six. I have Kyler Murray, Raiders, I think this could be a little bit of a shootout, mostly because Arizona's defense looked god-awful on Sunday, and I think it's going to be a lot on Kyler Murray to keep them in these games. At five, I have uh, – where'd it go? At five, I also – I think you had Jalen Hurts at five too, right? Mm-hmm. At five, I have Jalen Hurts, again, going up against Minnesota. That Minnesota team looked good. Maybe, maybe it's because Aaron Rodgers was off. I don't know, but that looked like it was a really good team in the parts of the games that I watched – and they are in Philly, which could be a good thing because Justin Jefferson typically goes off when he's in a dome. So not in a dome here. Maybe he's able to slow down a little bit, but that dude beat me in four leagues this weekend. So I'm not at all salty about that at all with his 40 plus points, asshole. <laughs> number four, I have, wait, was that? Yeah. Number four, I have Lamar Jackson, Miami. You mentioned it. High, uh, high ups, high tempo game. We saw that with Mike McDaniels and Tua this past weekend, but I think Baltimore is a lot better. I think they're going to start pulling away in this one. Maybe Tyree kill keeps a minute. He had a much better day than I thought he was going to at four. I have Patrick Mahomes going up against the chargers defense. I know they're still down. Uh, who is it that they're down right now? They're the cornerback. JC Jackson. Jackson's still down, but I, I, they, I don't rem- These teams don't get for whatever reason, when Kansas city and Buffalo play each other, they get in these shootouts. They don't really do it as much when they play the Chargers. I think this might be a little bit closer in hand, especially with the fact that it's a Thursday night game. So 
I've got, I feel like I missed somebody here because this is not right. Herbert? Herbert, I have it two. Josh Allen at one. Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. Four, three, two, one. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. Man, we already talked. Justin Herbert against the Chiefs is going to have to throw the ball. Do think that it sucks not having Keenan Allen there, but I think he may just run a little bit more, which will obviously help you fantasy. And then again, Josh Allen, just you mentioned <laughs> Daniel Jones destroyed. Yeah, we'll be fine. Josh Allen. I think uh, in three of the four position groups, I have a guy at number one that's staying there until he has a bye week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you. Is that is that Jamar Chase? That one or Cooper Cup? Cooper no, Cup. wide receiver is not the position. Tight end, running back, oh. quarterback. Oh yeah, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah Kelsey yeah. ain't going nowhere. Uh, so we'll go to running back. Do you want to do your ten first? Uh, yeah, sure. Let me pull it up really quick. I got to switch sheets. I really need to get this implemented on the one thing here for Mr. Colin Decker. All right. So my top ten running backs <clears throat> at ten, I have Derrick Henry. Going up against Buffalo, I know that's going to be a tough matchup, but he went off against Buffalo last year. I don't know that he repeats that performance. Um, did not love watching him get absolutely blasted in that game Sunday either. It was not something I'd ever thought I'd see is Derrick Henry getting decleated. But I do think that they're going to run that offense through him, especially in the fact that they just lost to the New York football Giants. Like that is, they cannot go down 0 and 2. Granted, we kind of have predicted this offseason that they were not going to be a good team. At nine, I have Alvin Kamara. Right now, I believe he's still listed as questionable. So I, I don't yeah. know if he is going to play. I'm assuming he is going to. They've got Tampa Bay. I think they're going to have to pass a lot to him. But New Orleans has kind of been Brady's kryptonite since he's been down in the NFC South. I expect that to be a good game. At eight, I have Joe Mixon going up against Dallas. Again, that offensive line just looked really bad against Pittsburgh. And I think Dallas kind of has an underrated front seven, especially with how good Micah Parsons is. I think he might be able to slow down Joe Mixon just a little bit. At seven, I have Leonard Fournette, who is also technically listed as questionable right now, but looks good last week. Going to be the bell cow for them. So we'll continue to monitor that obviously we'll talk more about that on friday if he is ended up being ruled out of this game at six i have <clears throat> excuse me deandre swift football fans so the first sunday of the nfl season is here and DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl is giving new customers a can't miss offer to celebrate the return of the nfl season right now new customers can bet just five dollars and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly and as an added bonus for week one, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. I am really worried about Swift now because I believe he just popped up on the injury report today with an ankle injury. It is never good pop up on the injury report this late in this in the week i re, i think there's a realistic shot come friday we're gonna be talking about him not playing in this game but as of right now i mean i know he didn't do a ton outside of that 70 yard run last week but i still thought looked really good a little bit of a, a, a better matchup i think 
with going up against Washington. While it feels weird saying that because of them going up against Philly last week, but I think Philly is just a really good team. At five, I have Dalvin Cook. I felt like outside of the one play again from DeAndre Swift, they did a good job of slowing down these running backs. I think they're going to be able to do the same thing here against Dalvin Cook, but still a top-end play. At four for me, I have Saquon Barkley. I mean, he looked back 100%. It was great to see. I'm glad that he's healthy. They've got Carolina. If you guys didn't watch Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, ran all over Carolina. So I think Saquon Barkley is in for a big – I debated putting him at one, but I ended up settling here with him at four. Three for me, Austin Eckler. I mean, again, I expect this to be a really good game. Weird game for him last week, too. I don't think that's going to be indicative of all of what the season he's going to have. I think he bounces back this week. Um, two for me, Christian McCaffrey going up against the Giants. And then number one is Jonathan. Jonathan Taylor is going to be one of my guys. I don't know if he's for you. He's not moving off that spot until it's a bye yeah. week. He, even with what McCaffrey did last week, which he had his moments and looked like he was going to be back, but I'm not moving Taylor off the number one spot. Josh Allen, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Kelsey. It's receiver. I think there's more of a competition up at the top. I actually changed yeah. my number one this week, so I can't say anything. <clears throat> number 10 for me, Nick Chubb. Uh, they're going into New York Jets. The only challenge for him is if uh, Kevin Stefanski forgets that he's on the team and puts in somebody else. Uh, number nine, for- quite often, unfortunately. Number nine, I'm going with Aaron Jones. Um, dude averaged nine yards a carry when they gave him the ball. Uh, they did not give him the ball enough in that losing effort. I think it'll be a little bit better as a rusher and receiver. It seems like an aberration to me that A.J. Dillon had that many uh, targets in the game on Sunday. <clears throat> Number eight, Christian McCaffrey. Um, I was not that impressed with Carolina's offensive line, and so I dropped him a little bit. <clears throat> I like the player's talent, but it makes me a little nervous. Same for Mixon. I have him at seven. Uh, I went with Javante Williams at six. He had 11 receptions on Monday night, and we just saw what Jonathan Taylor did to Houston, so I think that's Number five for me, I went with DeAndre Swift. Um, I have a little bit of concern maybe about the injury like you, but I thought he looked good. Number four, I went with Dalvin Cook. Uh, I think that's going to be a real high-scoring game, Minnesota and Philadelphia, and I expect he's going to run hard. He didn't make the the top ten, but I actually moved Miles Sanders way up too. I liked what we saw from him um, with Philly. He actually is, is a running back one for me, so if you have him on your team, you might want to bench him. Uh, number three, Austin Eckler. Uh, number two, all the way up, Saquon Barkley. I'm back in. Speaking of like nine I yards don't carry, hate it. He, I don't hate it. He looked as good as he did as a rookie. And then number one, obviously Jonathan Taylor Um, going over to wide receivers. My number 10 is uh, Mike Williams. I think with no Keenan Allen, they are going to want to get Mike Williams involved. I thought it was weird that he wasn't a bigger part of the offense last week. I think that that changes as they need to score uh, in this game. Number nine, Debo Samuel. I think he might actually be the answer to the hot hand in the backfield. He was their best runner by far in uh, week one. I think they'll keep that going. Number eight, Michael Pittman. We thought he was going to get hammered with targets. I think he gets hammered with targets again. Indy really needs to get this win against Jacksonville now. Number seven, Mike Evans. It looks like Godwin actually will miss week two. Um, you know, maybe he came back a little early because he's now got that soft tissue injury. I think they're going to pull him out. Julio didn't practice today, neither did Russell Gage either. So I don't know what's going on there. Uh, number six, Stephon Diggs. 
I think he's in for a big game in that one. Number five, Jamar Chase. Uh, I think we saw last week he picked up huge, especially when Higgins came out. I think even if Higgins plays, he's going to be a little bit limited, so I moved Chase up there. Number four, A.J. Brown. Uh, the connection with Jalen Hurts was incredible, uh, and I don't think that Minnesota has anybody who's going to be able to cover him. Number three, I have Cooper Cup. I think he's going to be in for a good day. The Rams are another team. They've had a long time to stew on that loss. I think they're going to bounce back. Number two, Devontae Adams. Um, apparently, Derek Carr only has eyes for Devontae Adams. I guess we should have predicted that. Number one for me, I think he may end up being wide receiver one overall for the season, Justin Jefferson. All right, so my 10, I've got Mike Evans at 10. Again, I, I think Tampa Bay, they usually play very good games here against New Orleans. It has been kind of Tom Brady's kryptonite, but it looks like Chris Godwin is out. So I think that that is definitely going to help just to continue to for, uh, force targets to Mike Evans. This one I think might be a little bit of a bold call here. I'm going with DJ Moore. I thought Baker played pretty decently against a very good Cleveland Browns defense. First game really out there. Moore didn't get forced the ball. I thought he was going to, but I think he will this week. And I think he bounces back a little bit. So I've got DJ Moore up there. Next for me, Tyree Kill. We talked earlier about the matchup here with Baltimore. I think it could be fast-paced. Again, Hill looked a lot better than I thought he was going to be. They schemed him the ball a few, a few times. Really quick plays to get the ball in his hand and let him go eat. And the one thing about Baltimore, while they looked a little bit better last week, it was against the New York Jets. This is one of the worst secondaries in the NFL last season. I don't know that it's improved that much based on some of the plays I saw Garrett Wilson making against this defense. I think Hill could be in for a big uh, big day. Next up is A.J. Brown. Interesting. I, I like the matchup here for Brown. I would not be surprised if he sees a little bit of a dip because if I don't think that Hurts wants to continue just like leave Devonta Smith blanked every single week. Like Devonta Smith got nothing. I think they could get the ball in Smith's hand a little bit, but A.J. Brown was a man amongst boys last week. We talked about it. We thought this. We thought it could raise this offense. It definitely looked like it last week. Well, that was 10, 9, 8, 7. So 6 for me, Michael Pittman Jr. We talked about how Matt Ryan was going to force him the ball. He did exactly that. I think Indy's pissed that they tied with the Houston Texans. I think they're going to force them the ball even more this week, even bigger day. Next for me is Chase. I think he's going to get a lot of Trayvon Diggs. Granted, Diggs does tend to give up a big play here and there, which is why I think Chase will still put up points for you. But Diggs has also been very good. And again, I've mentioned it four times. I'm going to mention it again. I think Michael Parsons is going to be able to cause some havoc against that offensive line and Joe Burrow. So I think he comes back down just a little bit, still top five wide receiver for me but I think he's going to struggle just a little bit more than some of the top guys. Diggs, for me, up at four. I mean, he looked back. I mean, even with as good as Gabe Davis looked, it's nothing can stop Stephon Diggs. Three for me is, maybe I will be 100%, maybe it's a little bit of Salt Bay going on for me. I got Justin Jefferson. He just doesn't play as good as he does in a dome outdoors against a really good Philadelphia secondary as well. Now, I know Detroit played really well against them, but that secondary is very good. I'm, I want to see what he does this week. Maybe I am too low on him again. I'll admit, maybe it's a little bit of Salt Bay beat me in four matchups alone. I'm not really happy with Justin Jefferson right now. I don't roster him anywhere either, which drives me crazy. But uh, number two for me, Devontae Adams. You mentioned 17 targets last week from Derek Carr. I think Waller and Hunter Renfro are like, dude, what the hell? So I think that's going to continue, though. And I think it's because he's so damn good. Like, we're going to sit here... The narrative is going to be because they're best friends. 
But Aaron Rodgers did the same thing when they were in Green Bay. I think it's just because he gets open so easily. He's such a good route runner that you just want to get him the ball. Number one for me is still Cooper Cup. You mentioned it. They lost badly to Buffalo, too. That should not even, the score is not indicative of all of how bad that was. Like, Buffalo controlled that game from the get-go. I think they come out in a big way. Well, I think Allen Robinson gets force-fed the ball a little bit. Even when Sean McVay came out and said, hey, we're going to get Robert Woods involved in the offense, guess who still got there? It's Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup's going to get his. I think he's in for another really great game. Moving over to the tight ends, I'll go from one down to ten because really we only care about the top guys anyways. Number one for me is also Kelsey. I mean, he outscored the number two, three, four, and five tight ends combined last week. It was ridiculous how great of a week he had. Andrew, or I think it was the two, three, four, and five tight ends draft. I can't remember what the stat was, but he was very good last week. Mark Andrews for me at two. We've talked a lot about that Baltimore-Miami game. Three for me is Pitts. I think he bounces back a little bit this week. They used him a lot as a blocker in that Atlanta game. I think he comes out here and gets a couple touchdowns. We know that that's really all that matters. Same thing with my next guy at four, Darren Waller. I think they will try and get him a little bit more involved, not have everything just go through Adams. At five for me, Dalton Schultz. I think he's going to have to be with the what's the the favorite moniker by everybody a rookie or a backup quarterback's best friend is the tight end. I think that is going to be Schultz for this Cowboys offense. The offensive line is not great. They're going to put all their focus on Ceedee Lamb, and I think stopping Zeke. I think that Dalton Schultz is going to be kind of like that outlet for for Cooper Rush. At six for me, Pat Fryermuth. They really seem to get him involved in this offense. He looked incredible. I don't think that's changing. We've mentioned it. Or I've mentioned it. Mitch Trubisky, while he did not look good at all, he had some pretty good seasons there in Chicago with Jimmy Graham and some of the other tight ends there. I think they're going to continue to feature Pat Fryermuth. At seven for me, I've got TJ Hawkinson. Looked good. I think it was just a weird game. I'm all I'm, I still think he's gonna go out there and have a really good game. At eight for me, Zach Ertz. Again, just mentioned. Arizona's all defense is horrible. AJ Green looked dead. Like I, I don't, I didn't even realize he was out there playing. I think Kyler Murray's going to have to get the ball to somebody, and he can't all go to Hollywood Brown. Number nine for me is Everett. I do think Mike Williams takes a step up, but we saw them get Everett the ball in the end zone last week. Got that touchdown. I think they're going to try and get him the ball more. We'll see. I know Dennis loves himself some Donald Parham, and they did seem to fe- feature Parham. I just think Everett's better. I can say that because Dennis isn't here. I think he gets he gets forced to the ball. This one I'm I'm hoping is just a hundred percent, just putting good vibes out in the out in this atmosphere. Dawson Knox, I roster you in a lot of places. Help me, please, <laughs> help me because one point five was miserable last week. So I've got Dawson Knox at ten. Yeah, I'm hoping Knox bounces back too. I do not have him in the top ten. I have him right at eleven. Uh, number one for me, Travis Kelsey. Number two, Darren uh, Mark Andrews. Number three, Darren Waller. Number four, I still have Dalton Schultz. I, I'm with you. I, I mean, he got quite a few passes. It wasn't a lot of yardage, but um, he seems to be their best outlet option in there. Uh, number five, Kyle Pitts. I was a little bit concerned about the usage, but I think that's got to go up. Number six, Pat Fryermuth. He looked great last week. Number seven, Zach Ertz. Eight, Dallas Goddard. I am with you. Number nine for me is also Gerald Everett. Um, I think he is a strong play this week. I think that's going to that's gonna be a real um, good game for him. I was glad to see him get into the end zone last week. Number 10, Lord help me, is O.J. Howard. I, I don't know if you were watching Monday night, but Denver got 
burned by tight ends over the middle because I did, yeah. their linebackers don't cover very well. And you know who's missing? Justin Simmons. And since Davis Mills hit OJ Howard for two touchdowns last week, I feel like another one is incoming because just about the time we gave up on OJ Howard, he has now risen. Sorry, I'm trying to reply back to my actual boss who, you know, is sending the message. All right, so let's break down the Thursday night football game where we've got the Chargers going into Arrowhead to face the Chiefs. Big news for the Chargers. We already mentioned earlier, J.C. Jackson out. Uh, Jackson, I think last time I saw was still questionable, but Keenan Allen's out. Keenan Allen, though, has been ruled out. That is a big hit for this offense. I know... I thought Josh Palmer would would be a decent play, could step up, but nobody is Keenan Allen. I mean, Matt, with, with Allen out, what are we expecting from the Chargers in this passing offense? Well, that's why you know I had Mike Williams where I had him. I was a little uh, flummoxed that they didn't try to get him involved more last week. We talked about we like Gerald Everett's play. I think that's good. Palmer could be involved. DeAndre Carter didn't look bad last week. I'm sure they're going to throw to Eckler, but they need to get Mike Williams. He's their big weapon that they still have remaining on the outside. It's those two wide receivers that are primary guys. I think that's what they're going to need to kind of, he's a, a little bit of a matchup nightmare. The corners are not horrific for Kansas city, but they're not incredible. I think that's where they're going to go to get some good offense going. Yeah. I mean, Carter, I don't know that I'd be betting on him. I saw some people in some leagues picking him up. I would not. I, I really think it's going to be Palmer Everett and Mike Williams with Mike Williams getting the major distribution of targets. I think Everett will actually be ahead of Josh Palmer. I know a lot of people think Palmer will step right into that Allen role. We'll see. I, I very much put Keenan Allen in the Devontae Adams tier of, of route running. He is a magician running route. So I don't know that I put Palmer up there and just expect him to get open and, and Herbert force him the ball. On the Chiefs side here, Harrison Butker is out. That hurts my Scott Fishbowl team. Thanks a lot for that, by the way, butt kicker. Are they going to actually sign a kicker, or are they just going to let Justin Reed kick oh, off there? Who knows? Who knows? I would imagine they will sign one at least until Butker comes back. But CH, a guy I feel like most of the fantasy community had kind of written off for dead, had a huge game last week. Does he have another one here against his Chargers defense? Yeah, and Dennis and I talked about it a little bit on Monday. People were very excited about Pacheco getting his 62 yards and a touchdown. That came way in garbage time after it was already a 30-point game. He kind of got inserted and got a little chance to run. CEH, you know, when you look at it, it didn't seem eye-popping. You know, he only had 42 yards rushing, but he did it on seven carries, caught three passes, caught two touchdowns. I like that he was involved in a lot of aspects. I think this game is going to be closer, more competitive. You probably get to see him have more touches. He clearly looks like the number one um, running back, the guy that they want to get involved, the guy that maybe we thought there was potential with the three-phase. I'm not sold he's a top 12 running back, but I actually moved him up into my top 20. I have him at RB19 for this week. I I'm excited to see him play again. Yeah, I mean, good on him. A guy, like I said, who many people just kind of left for dead. And and he had a really good week. Let's see if he can continue it. Um, let's see if Juju can not drop some serious passes as well, because that'll that'll be good for good for that him. That fumble was a real bummer. Yeah, that too. But uh, it should be a really good game. I, I mean, typically when these two go against each other, it is a good game. Thursday night has the moniker of really bad games, but I'm, I'm excited for this one. 
I got to pick the Chargers, man. Justin Herbert's my ride or die. I feel like my pick record was horrible last week, so why not continue the trend? Dennis picked the Chargers as well. He liked them at plus four also in his uh, note. I think the Chiefs and the Chargers, much like many of these AFC West teams, are probably going to split this season with the home team prevailing. Um, so in this case, I am going with Chiefs. Which the Chargers lost last week, didn't they? Nope. They the won. Chargers beat the oh. Raiders at home. So both teams are 1-0. Oh I had originally, when I was predicting through the season, I thought the Chiefs were going to potentially lose to Arizona. Boy, was there one that but that the chargers yeah. would win and then the chiefs would get a win here and they'd both go to one and one whoever wins going to be two and oh and will be out in front in the afc west temporarily i think these teams are going to beat up on each other all year i yeah. just i'm giving the edge to the home team in this one i don't know why i thought the chargers lost but i guess that's a <laughs> no they beat the raiders i've been thinking this whole time they were oh and one i have no idea why i thought the raiders won i'm i don't know it was a long day for me sunday it's been a long it's been like four mondays in a row for me right now so i'm, I'm ready for the weekend <laughs> to get here and it's only wednesday we will be back on friday to recap the thursday night football game and then we will obviously preview all of the week two nfl slate for you guys enjoy the rest of your wednesdays and enjoy the football game tomorrow we'll be back with you guys again on Friday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Over the tackle of the 40 yard line. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!